0: More and more bizarre events are taking place designed to divide American society in flame, fear and hatred and division. And there's probably going to be a whole lot more in the future. On today's episode of Behind the Deep State, we have another special treat for you, an interview with my friend and mentor and colleague, William F. Jasper. Stay tuned. You're not going to want to miss it. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Behind the Deep State. I'm your host, Alex Newman. And with us in studio today here at the New American Studios is my friend and colleague, William F. Jasper. He is the other senior editor here at the New American Magazine. Him and me and Rebecca make up the trio of senior editors. And uh, Bill has been doing this for a long time. I won't say exactly how long, but a lot longer than me. And uh, I consider him to be one of the best, if not the best, investigative journalists in America. Uh, If you haven't been reading his articles you should. Uh, They're just absolutely incredible. So well researched, so thorough, so clear and concise. Uh, And uh, he has spent a lot of time studying the involvement of uh, federal agencies in some of these attacks that we've seen. In fact, he did more research into the Oklahoma City bombing than probably anybody else on the face of the earth, including law enforcement. I mean, senior people in uh, law enforcement, even the former director of national intelligence contacted him for his information. For, uh, for his own purposes. So uh, it's, it's a real treat to have Bill with us. Bill, thank you for joining us today. Um, before we get started on, on talking about the, the federal role and so many of the things that we have seen, these uh, attacks, the, these subversive movements, um, just tell us a little bit about yourself, Bill. You, you've been uh, at the helm of the New American for, for a long time, you and Gary. Um, how'd you get involved? Uh, what's it been like to, to be doing this for decades? And where are we relative to where we we were a few decades ago.
1: Well, thank you for having me on the program, Alex. Uh, well, it's a long story. Uh, I've been doing this for 45 years now, and I was uh, typical of many uh, students in college in the early 70s. Uh, this, the, the Vietnam War is going on, the sexual revolution, Woodstock generation, all of that stuff is, is happening. And I was caught up in some of that, but I uh, Thankfully, in my case, I had parents who were very solid, uh, devout Christians and devout patriots, and even though I went a little bit askew uh, because of all the influences in college and thinking myself very brilliant at the time because <laughs> as college students, as you get exposed to all the all the new socialist and uh, leftist agenda... Uh, even back then, of course that's where it was really starting to ferment. Uh, my parents uh, still had an influence uh, in my life. They were both World War II veterans. My dad was a paratrooper and uh, the 82nd Airborne, Battle of the Bulge and D-Day and all of that. My mom was an army nurse. And uh, so anyway, uh, they, they were trying to make sense of all the turmoil that was happening in the 60s and 70s at that time and they got involved with the john birch society and when i heard that i go oh my gosh that's terrible uh, i've i've heard only bad things uh, birch society they're they're racist they're uh, uh ku klux klan neo-nazi types and uh my parents are good people. They wouldn't get involved with something like I'm going to have to educate them and show them the error of their way. So I started reading uh, the literature uh, from the Birch Society on economics, on the Constitution, on political theory, all those things. I go, oh, this isn't what I thought. Uh, these are pretty reasonable uh, propositions and, and ideas that they're talking about. And uh, the more I read, they gave me tons of books and pamphlets and Uh, Things, I go, whoa, I've been very badly misled about all of this. And I began seeing how the movement to destroy the family and uh, Christian morality was really at the base of everything that was happening in the revolutions in the United States to remove the supports which uh, are fundamental to freedom, which is the family and uh, morality. Which, if those are strong, you don't need a huge, big, authoritarian, totalitarian government to keep order. If you destroy that and create chaos, then you create the, uh, the vacuum that draws in a, an all-powerful government. And so I realize if I want to be, have freedom, I better uh, uh, support those who are trying to restore our constitutional Christian constitutional government christian morality and so i became uh i decided to change course after i got out of uh, college and i went to work for the uh, birch society first as a researcher and while i was doing that i was also working as an undercover operative in southern california inside the communist party the revolutionary communist party the communist party marxist leninist the socialist workers party and a number of other uh revolutionary groups that were uh, trying to overthrow our government. And I worked with a number of congressmen, for instance, Congressman Larry McDonald, a Democrat of Georgia, who is uh, the most uh, courageous and uh, important congressman in the 1970s and 80s in terms of trying to restore our republic. And John uh, Ashbrook of Ohio, Uh, but also with a lot of top uh, military and intelligence people who were seeing how the country was being destroyed. Admiral Thomas Moore, former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, uh, General Patton, uh, the son of uh, uh, General Patton from World War II, Mm -hmm. and a number of other people like that. And then I began in 1978 and 79 writing for... Our magazines, the precursors to the New American, and doing investigative reporting, and so uh, that's been going on now for uh, better part of a half century.
0: Yeah, and, and it's amazing work that you do, Bill. Um, you know, there, there's been a, an increase, it seems to me, in um, bizarre occurrences happening. We had, uh, not long ago, that mass shooting in Buffalo. It came out that uh, the individual involved who self-identified with the authoritarian left uh, had actually been in regular communication with a former uh, retired FBI agent. Uh, We saw the Governor Whitmer thing where it came out in court that basically this was an FBI plot from start to finish. They ended up acquitting the guys because, I mean, what are you going to charge them for, for collaborating with the FBI on a criminal plot that the FBI came up with? Um, We've seen a lot of that. Of course, we saw the January 6th thing and the the clown show hearings. It it looks to me very obvious that there was federal involvement. Um, I want to talk about one area that you have uh, explored in more depth than probably anyone, at least anybody I can think of, and that is the Oklahoma City bombing. Obviously, we weren't told the truth by the, the media, by the federal government. Um, but, uh, and that became apparent to you pretty early on as you were digging into this. So we spoke yesterday a little bit about uh, how, how that bomb allegedly from the truck could not have possibly taken down that building in the way that uh, was presented to the American people. Uh, tell us a little bit about your investigation, some of the lies that, that were told. How did you find out that they were lying to us? And uh, what were your ultimate conclusions? What really happened that day?
1: Well, uh, it's important not just from a historical uh, curiosity viewpoint, but I think understanding Oklahoma City and the lies that were promulgated there by the federal government on the big cover-up and what actually happened is foundational to understanding what's happening today. And you already mentioned the Governor Whitmer uh, kidnap plot. Many of your viewers are or listeners may not be aware of this, because the mainstream media has largely covered this up. But in October of 2020, uh, all of the news, hits is right before the elections, that this uh, terrible plot had been foiled by the FBI of these uh, Michigan militia to kidnap the governor, the sitting governor, Gretchen Whitmer, and to kill her and, ta- and to take over this, the state capitol. And so this uh, was played all over the media, you know, uh, top to bottom, 24-7, for days right before the election. And Governor Whitmer came out and said it was President Trump who enabled this, who inspired this. And so it was an obvious attempt by the deep state intelligence agency, including the FBI at the center of this, to pin this on uh, Donald Trump. What turned out, to be and as you mentioned in the trial, and we knew even before the trial, but in the trial it came out these guys were acquitted because it was entrapment. The whole thing had been set up by the FBI. They took some guys who weren't even interested in doing this. They coaxed them and keep kept prodding them, paying them, uh, doing everything. They they got the all of the, the the materials, the weapons. They paid for their travel and expenses and everything. And so the the jury said uh, this obvious case of entrapment and and they acquitted them. Uh, but the media has been, uh, for the y- last year and a half, with the January six uh, insurrection, uh, been playing that up, and now we have the committee doing its, its fake hearings. Uh, what is important to realize is that the head of the FBI who carried out the fake kidnapping plot, Stephen uh, uh, DeAntonio he was put in charge then of Washington DC and he carried out that there. So this is exactly a, a replay of what we saw in Oklahoma City. So I mentioned uh, at the start that the first thing that, that set me off was uh, when I saw the, uh, the Oklahoma City bomb uh, on the news, I decided to go down there, I called General Parton, he is the foremost expert on explosives, he said no, there, there had to have been explosives inside. Uh, and I went through some of that. So the other explosives, that required additional uh, co-conspirators and not just uh, homeboys that have no experience. had It took uh, people with expertise to p- place the explosives inside the building.
0: And my guess is you probably can't just any person off the street just walk into an ATF building, huh?
1: Right, right. So... Uh, so we spent tremendous amount of time going into uh, getting all other kinds of expertise on that, uh, getting uh, witnesses. And, and there's lots of other uh, video footage that we've made reference to in the past and that is available showing that they brought out other unexploded devices from the uh, – from the building that didn't go off. And in fact, the news reported it at the time, and then all of a sudden it went down the memory hole, but it's still been preserved. There are, still are those news uh, clips showing and bringing out the, uh, the additional unexploded devices. Uh, so, additional explosive devices, foreknowledge, prior knowledge. So, we knew that federal agencies inside the Murrah building in Oklahoma City. Uh, had been warned that there was going to be a a bombing on that day they didn 't come in the ATf didn 't and uh, the other uh, federal uh, agents uh, didn 't come in, but they allowed every, everybody the else did. to be the children yeah. came in and so uh, we had that was another whole area that we spent a tremendous amount of time on documenting and going into, and that is available at the new american so there was prior knowledge, multiple explosives. Uh, along with the multiple explosives, is the seismic evidence. The New American is the only news organization that pursued that. There is a seismograph downtown in Oklahoma City and one at uh, the University of Oklahoma in Norman. And we went and got the seismic uh, readouts from those and talked to Professor Brown at the University of uh, Oklahoma Uh, who was in charge of the uh, seismic uh, evidence there and we went through it he said you're the only news organization that's done this and the seismic evidence shows that there were multiple explosions Uh, again that was covered up but as a result of our coverage at the new american it caused the oklahoma geological uh society to hold a major hearing on this and a public thing and and uh I was recognized there at the, at the meeting for uh, causing this. And uh, 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 anyway, uh, so they had Dr. Brown and then a, another expert uh, debating the issue. And finally, it did kind of get out. There were mul- other, other things as well. The eyewitnesses, we saw that there, was, there were multiple witnesses showing that Timothy McVeigh driving the rider truck down from Kansas was in a convoy. Of vehicles and that he had another passenger in his uh, rider truck multiple uh, uh, witnesses on that the whole way we tracked it all the way down went all the way up to Kansas uh, talked with everybody up there uh, talked with the motel owner where he stayed and the people that were staying with him at the hotel the pizza guy who delivered pizza to the the whole conspiracy there so there we had multiple uh, individuals involved, but the Clinton administration, the FBI and the DOJ, just like our DOJ today under uh, Merrick Garland uh, and the FBI under now Christopher Wray, uh, are corrupt. Uh, back then, Janet Reno and Louis Free uh, were c- completely corrupt and complicit in covering all of this up. So we knew that there were multiple uh individuals involved. Why did the federal government not want to go after these other people? Our investigation showed that because a number of them would lead back to the DOJ and to the CIA and to the FBI, and they didn't want all of that coming out, so they suppressed it. Uh, uh, but we, we found uh, many other problems as well. It wasn't just Timothy McVeigh and a few and his army buddy, Terry Nichols, Uh, but there was a group uh, of white supremacists, in this case, genuine white supremacists, uh, at a place called Elohim City. It was a semi-religious, professedly Christian, but not Christian, uh, organization, a commune out in uh, uh, Oklahoma, in the the rural Oklahoma area, uh, where we had a lot of... uh, agent provocateurs coming through there regularly. People like Dennis Mahon of the White Aryan Resistance and the Ku Klux Klan. Timothy McVeigh came through there. A mysterious German guy by the name of Andreas Strassmeyer, who our FBI working with the German government had brought over here, and he was training the folks uh, at Elohim City in explosives and firearms. And we put him on Andre Strassmeyer on the cover of the magazine, really started promoting that. I was doing a lot of radio and television on that. And here they were scouring the whole country to find everybody who was involved with this, but they didn't even bother to go interview him. And then they allowed him to slip out of the United States through Mexico and go back to Germany. And then they said, oh, we better interview him. Huh. And, and so they sent a couple of agents over to Germany. I said, yeah, we interviewed him. And he said he didn't have anything to do with it. Well, that and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <that settled. laughs> Meanwhile, they're rounding up all these other people, just like we see with January six. Mm-hmm. And uh, with January 6 they're allowing uh, Ray Epps and all these other folks, like scaffold guy, red face guy, all these different people who were central to the uh, stirring up things, all the illegal activities uh, at the Capitol on January 6th. They're letting them go scot-free uh, and focusing on people that really did nothing uh Yeah, vandalism, illegal. trespassing, yeah.
0: Yeah. moved some papers here and there. Yeah. It's incredible. And uh, and I guess right after the Oklahoma City bombing, just like after 9-11, they had this massive legislation that they introduced that began turning the uh, the... the Massive security apparatus inward at uh, at Americans and yes,
1: and so all uh, at that time uh, So it was very difficult to get uh, Any other news Agencies conservative otherwise to cover this because they were very fearful of the Clinton administration, which was um, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton and and their gang were were uh, very aggressive in going after people and so uh, Bill Clinton said in his, uh, one of his uh, uh, flights on Air Force One, where he had the press corps with him, uh, he said, uh, you know, after the uh, 94 elections, the midterms where the uh, Republicans took back control of the House, uh, he said uh, things weren't going well for us. And uh, he said, and then Oklahoma City happened, and it changed everything. It did, because I know at the time uh, there was a lot of feeling against the uh, overreach of the federal government. They were very oppressive things. So they wanted uh, to, uh, in in the House and in the Senate, to clip the wings of all these federal agencies that had done Waco and Ruby Ridge and whatnot. And... uh, when Oklahoma City happened, all of a sudden everybody's afraid. I don't want to be sound like I'm anti-government. Uh, yeah. You know, Timothy McVeigh was anti-government, and so anyone who speaks uh, in terms of oppressive federal regulation one, are somehow ideationally con- connected to Timothy McVeigh—in fact, Time Magazine uh, coined that term "ideational co-conspirators." If oh, you wow. are, if you are against the federal government's overreach, then you're an ideational co-conspirator with Timothy McVeigh. It's amazing
0: how that only applies to conservatives, right? Because you could be a communist, a socialist, and you could be a ideational co-conspirator with Joseph Stalin or Vladimir Lenin or Chairman Mao or Adolf Hitler. But uh, no, we don't We don't talk about those. Or the guy, the Bernie Sanders supporter who shot yeah. four congressmen yeah. that we don't hear about anymore. Um, we're, we're pretty much out of time, Bill. But I want to ask you, uh, what's the moral of the story? I mean, obviously, if some weirdo comes to your meeting and says, hey, we should bomb something or kill somebody, obviously, you know, all right, that guy is probably a Fed or a confidential informant or, or some leftist trying to make conservatives look bad. But uh, what's the moral of the story? How, how do we deal with these sorts of subversive deep state operations?
1: Well, uh, first of all, you just— pointed to is somebody's at your meeting joining your group uh, uh whatever it may be whether it's a pro-life group a, a pro second amendment group property rights or whatnot and they're they're really pushing like ray epps did at the uh Let's washington D. Into D. The capital guys, into the, capitals, into the cap- people sure started going is, people started going fed, fed. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know they, they recognize they, okay <laughs> he's going to try to discredit it's called discredit from within and that's a Saul Alinsky tactic, a communist yeah. uh, Nazi tactics, infiltrating and discredit from within and lead people off from effective uh, uh, counteraction into something that could, will be condemned by the public and that will subject you to prosecution and persecution. And so, uh, look, we're still at the point where it's getting very late in the game, but we still have... Uh, pieces of our constitutional left. We can still uh, work together with fellow citizens peacefully doing uh, those things that uh, that we are really required by duty to do, which is to wrest back control that we have ceded to the government by our inaction and abdication. Uh, we have to get the government back into its constitutional uh, limitations and chains. And that means uh, getting our representatives at the state level and our representatives at the national level to stop funding and to abolish many of these agencies. So uh, it's a long, it's a long battle and we have to be committed to it. Our enemies have been committed to it for over a century now. And uh, if we are not equally committed, uh, we're going to lose all our freedom. Yeah.
0: And uh, I-, I want you to be realistic. With us, Bill. I don't want you to sugarcoat anything. Um, you know, don't don't feel like you need to be optimistic or pessimistic. But where are we, realistically? Do you think the deep state can be stopped? Do you think they're too powerful? Um, what do you think the prospects are? Are you hopeful, optimistic, pessimistic?
1: Well, I I have always tried to be realistic. Uh, so I say uh, resistance is not futile. It is not inevitable that we will be assimilated, (laughs) if you're talking in Borg terms, you know, Star Trek terms that people are are familiar with. Uh, The psychological operation is to convince us that either resistance is futile uh, because they're too strong, the deep state, uh, they're too powerful, they're too rich, uh, they have control of too many of our institutions, or... The people that have already been brought along is that it's a good thing we need to have the nanny state take care of us because things are too difficult these days no we have to reject that and it's getting more and more difficult i, I, wanna, I don't want to sugarcoat it uh, we are perilously close to losing it all we we see every new power that the government assumes we lose more freedom and there comes a point where you've lost so much of your freedom As we see now with everything that's happening, if you you can get in trouble now for just saying or thinking the wrong thing, you don't even have to say the wrong thing. If they look at you and say, you don't seem to be agreeing, you seem to be having a very judgmental attitude, uh, then uh, you're going to be... so your your social credit score, as in communist China, will put you in the doghouse. And I mean,
0: Homeland Security just last year put out a terrorism alert saying that people who believe that the election was rigged or people who believe sure. that the the COVID stuff was was a lie are, are domestic domestic terror threats. I mean, and not and some anymore.
1: of the J six defendants uh, were asked by the judge, "Do you believe that the ju- that the election was stolen? Like, for instance, if you still believe that that." then you don't get any kind of bail or anything, you know,
0: so. Hey, that's a thought crime. How dare you? It's scary. I agree, Bill. And before we let you go, uh, just give us some of your quick thoughts on uh, effective counteraction. What are some effective things that people can do who do want to preserve freedom? Well. And why should they? I mean, you know, I I don't want to be the one that gets rounded up uh, by the, the, you know, the government. I don't want to be the one that sticks my head out. I mean, why, why should we get involved?
1: Yes. Well, those that say I don't want to. Uh, stick my head out or I don't want to get on a list um, uh, are you're eventually going to you're either going to have to be a total coward and and uh, submit to everything that they they want or you're going to have to stand up and say this far I will not allow it to go any further and so what do you do how do you take effective action well, First of all, in order to take effective action, you have to know what's going on. You have to know some truth, some facts, what actually is happening, who are the good guys, who are the bad guys. I think we do a better job than anybody else of looking into that at The New American, thenewamerican.com. You can can go there on a daily basis to our website, subscribe to our print magazine. So – that's that's foundational that's the beginning you have to first inform yourself then you have to give that information to others but then you have to join together with others in effective action by ourselves uh, we're not going to turn this around we have to join arms link arms link hands with other people patriots across the country and so i recommend as i've done for the last close to 50 years. Is uh, to join and become active in the John Birch Society. Now, if if you're at all familiar with what's been happening in the last four years, you know that everybody who has stood up and has stood up for America, for our national sovereignty against globalism, has been attacked. What as a racist, misogynist, as a uh, ethnocentrist, as a white nationalist, white supremacist, conspiracy theorist, conspiracy theorist. So. Um, <clears throat> Uh, what does that tell us that tells us that truth is being attacked and truth tellers are being attacked so who has been attacked more than anyone else in the (laughs) last 50 years Uh, the john birch society if you have a negative impression of them like i did at the beginning it's because they were recognized by the deep state as the major threat the major truth tellers who had to be destroyed by uh all of the demonology that they could uh throw at them and so uh, the Birch Society has stood the test of time. They have shown that hey, you throw everything at us, uh, we're still going to keep coming, and that's what uh, Americans need to do now. They need to harden their attitudes, harden their minds and their hearts, and say, look, go ahead, call me whatever you want. I, I, this isn't going to stop me. I'm, I'm going to keep coming. We're going to we're going to stand up for this country and for our our nation and for God, family, and country.
0: Yeah. And, and I think you're you're absolutely right, Bill. But I do think that the smears are having less and less of an effect. I, I mean, after the the deep state spent the last few years demonizing half or more of Americans as all those things. Uh, well, yes, yeah, so and particularly. I mean, sting.
1: even even black and Hispanic Americans. Oh, yeah. They call white nationalists. Yeah. So Larry Elder, Candice, Larry Elder, the white supremacy. You know, all, all of the. Uh, 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 black patriots and Hispanic patriots and Asian patriots, they call them white supremacists too. So people go, wait a second. There's
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll never forget the SPLC called uh, my friend who happens to be a, a Cherokee Indian married mm-hmm. to an Indian. She's the leader of the anti-Indian movement, according yep. to the SPLC. They never mentioned that she's a Cherokee married to a direct descendant of Sacagawea. You had a Muslim called uh, one of the top 10 anti-Muslim extremists by the SPLC. They ended up having to pay like $4 million. You had uh, Dr. Carol Swain, a wonderful, yes. wonderful lady, uh, demonized as, a, as an apologist for white supremacy because she believes in borders um, so I, I, I do think their their verbal tactics are losing their sting and I think that's maybe why they're moving on to the next phase where they're just trying to criminalize opposition. Well Bill, we are out of time but I want to thank you so much for sharing your insight and your wisdom with our viewers out there. Uh, truly extraordinary. Um, any final words of wisdom? What's the best place for people to find you? Obviously the newamerican.com. Do you have any of the fascist social media sites?
1: Uh, actually I'm not active on the, on the social media. I just concentrate on the new american very good so all right i'm on a lot of radio and television programs but uh so uh if you keep keep track of the new you'll be able to follow
0: us excellent well thank you so much bill all right folks that was william f jasper one of the best journalists on the planet and I'm not exaggerating, and I'm not just saying that because he's my friend. He really is. Uh, he's incredible. Go read his articles. Go read some of that stuff he did on the Oklahoma City bombing. Uh, I, I still get emails from family members. Man, Bill Jasper's article on the, the lawyers was amazing, or wh- whatever topic it is that he's tackling. It's always good. Go to the thenewamerican.com. Share this out with others, folks. And remember, if some weirdo comes to your meeting and says you should bomb something or shoot something or do something illegal— there's a real good chance you're dealing with an agent provocateur, either working for the feds or working with the feds or working with the commies or the antifas or the wh- whatevers. Um, don't don't fall for the trap, guys. Um, it's just critical that we, uh, that we be wise as serpents but harmless as doves during these incredible times that we find ourselves in. Don't be demoralized. Keep up the good fight. Uh, we really don't have any other option. I mean, losing cannot be an option. It just simply absolutely cannot be. Um, So we got to take that off the table as a possibility and get to work. I'm Alex Newman. This is Behind the Deep State. Thank you for watching. We'll be back next week with more, God willing. Until then, God bless you all. If you enjoyed this video, please make sure to subscribe, hit like, hit that little bell so that you'll be notified whenever we post new videos. And also, please make sure to share this video with your friends. Email's a great way to do it. Remember, there are powerful forces working to steal our freedom and destroy our country. We need to work together, expose those behind the deep state. Otherwise, you can kiss your liberties goodbye.